Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for gathering us here today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to leave here changed so that we can love and serve you, that we can have a heart for our neighbors, and that we can understand your full commitment to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. When you look at the trajectory of your life, who are people that come to mind that have made your life a little bit easier? Perhaps it was a coach. Perhaps it was parents, siblings, maybe a teacher. There are many people in my own life that have made my life a lot easier, that have carried my burden when things got tough. And more importantly, there have been people in my life that have given me a soft heart for other people. And most importantly, a soft heart for God. Particularly, I want to talk about my parents. They were there for me. They brought me to church. They helped me when I went through tough times. They helped me uh, with my college. They helped me put a first down payment on uh, the first car I bought after college. And one thing comes to mind when I think about my parents, and that was when I was a paper route deliverer for the Washington Post. I grew up in northern Virginia in the D.C. metropolitan area. And my sophomore year, I got a paper route, which I was very excited about because that meant money in my pocket. But being a little bit greedy at the time, I took on a route that was probably too big for me to handle. And my dad ended up uh, doing it with me all through high school. And uh, we, every morning we'd get up at 5.30 together. We'd meet at the place where they dropped off the papers. And we would deliver them. And uh, it, it was every morning we did this. And it really helped our relationship a lot. My dad was not a man of many words, but uh, I think he just enjoyed being around me. And um, I needed the help, but I probably could have done it if I woke up a little bit earlier. But he helped to make that easier for me. On one particular morning, uh, we pulled up to this incline on a hill, and he was sitting in the back folding papers, and a full bottle of beer rolled out from underneath the seat and hit him in the foot. I looked at the bottle of beer and I said, whoa, where did that come from? (laughs) He looked at me with those eyes and and I knew that he knew what I had been doing the night before. He uh, stayed silent. He said, we'll talk about this when the route is done. And I was dreading it. So we got back because my dad and I had just had little conflict. We kind of got along. Everything was good. And he told me a story about how uh, when he was in the Korean War, he was stationed in Japan and how him and a lot of the guys he worked with were binge drinkers and how it never did any, him any good. It got him in a lot of trouble. And uh, he expected better from me. And my mom would be very disappointed if she found out. But from right then, it was our little secret. But I never forget th- forgot that. It stuck with me. didn't necessarily change my behavior right away, but it slowly did. <laughs> my dad was somebody who I knew loved me. And because of his relationship with me, I began to have a softer heart for other people. I had grace when other people did things wrong. And most importantly, I developed a softer heart to receive uh, Christ. When I was in high school, I went to a camp, and all the things that I knew in my head all of a sudden dropped down in my heart, and my heart was fertile and ready to receive that message and receive the salvation message that he offered. Now, when you look at your own life, I'm sure you wouldn't be here this morning if there wasn't somebody who brought you here. 
There's somebody that perhaps softened your heart for God over the years. Maybe it was a pastor. Maybe it was parents. Maybe it was a friend. But there has obviously been somebody that has made your life easier. All of us wouldn't be here today if that wasn't the case. Well, the good news uh, in our gospel reading today is that throughout biblical history, God has sent people to make people's life easier so that they would have an easier time understanding God's commitment to him, God's faithfulness, and God's love for uh, them. And that person in today's story was John the Baptist. And John's job was to prepare people's hearts to receive the salvation message that Christ was to bring. Now, if I was a PR manager for God, I would have said, can't we choose somebody a little bit different? You see, John kind of had crazy hair, lived out in the wilderness, wasn't very polished, uh, wouldn't be my first choice. I would think he'd want somebody that was, you know, just maybe was a little bit better to look at, lived in the town, a pillar in the community. And yet the Holy Spirit drew people out to see him because people had this need to repent. They realized that on their own, they weren't living life very well. John began to prepare people's hearts. And in the Gospel reading, the quote from Isaiah that Luke uh, writes about, he lets us know that uh, part of his message was not only to have people to repent, but was to announce with a big sign that salvation was coming. And with this salvation, it was going to impact everyone. So for John, his first thing, when he looks at people and he looks at us, you see, John's message was not just for people long ago. It's for you and I today. The first thing that John wants us to know is that we, too, need to repent. We need to soften our hearts. In 1 John chapter 1, um, actually, uh, let me hold off on that for a second. He preaches uh, in, in the beginning of uh, the passage to re- the importance of repentance and forgiveness of sins. And for us who have been believers a long time, it talks again about the importance of having a soft heart. In Ezekiel 36:26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So not only is it importantly for us to repent and get our, li- our vertical lives right with God, but it's also important for us to get our lives horizontally with each other. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This message of repentance that John brings to us is first and foremost to get our hearts right so we can receive the salvation message of God. But secondly, so we can get our horizontal relationships right, that bitterness won't foster and grow in our lives. I recognize this problem I had in high school. And my heart became soft when I went to the camp, as I uh, mentioned earlier. I went to a Christian camp. I remember nights sitting on a hill and looking up at the stars and understanding that I needed forgiveness for my sins, that I was making a mess out of my life, that my way of living for me was just not working very well. And I remember very clearly understanding that I was forgiven as I came to repentance. The second thing I mentioned that John was a sign holder in his sign, it said salvation is here. You see, the good news for us is that 
the salvation that was coming back then, it happened. Jesus came. He interacted with people. His self, he continually told people to follow him, that he was the, uh, the way, the truth, and the life. And as people began to understand his salvation message, he said, I have come to die for your sins. But he didn't just leave it there. He rose from the dead and put an exclamation point on that so that we could be forgiven and that we could have the hope of eternal life. But he didn't leave us alone with just this knowledge up in our head that we're forgiven. We've repented, we're forgiven, salvation is here. He also encourages us to follow him. And throughout the scripture, um, he tells us again and again to follow him. But the good news is, it's not just up to us. He sends us a helper. He sends us the Holy Spirit. In John fourteen sixteen, Jesus re- promises to send us another And the words he uses is, it's going to be a helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor. The Holy Spirit is going to be all these things going to help us to walk on this journey. So he gives us the power to move in faith. And this journey moves our lives away from bondage into freedom through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, years ago, after college, I was a youth pastor and I... I lived in a small town called Clifton Forge, Virginia, which was way up in the mountains. The town smelled like paper mill. I always thought I'd left garbage in my house, but it was the outdoor air. It was a rough two years, but a lot of great things happened in ministry. And I happened to bring uh, this, uh, the second year I was there, I brought this great group to camp. And these kids grew up in the Bible Belt, so they all could recite Bible verses. They knew that Jesus had saved them, except for this one kid. When we had our cabin uh, time discussions... He would say, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. So having taken a couple seminary classes, I tried uh, using some of the tools I had to argue about the existence of God. It didn't work. He's like, nope, I don't believe. And every night he would just be obstinate. He would say things, and even the other guys were starting to get annoyed with him. And by the end of the week, I was like, all right, he's a lost cause. There's nothing I can do. I've tried all my strategies. And I kind of uh, just said, well, yep, Jared, you know, whatever. I never thought about him. A few years later, he came to know Christ. And not only did he come to know Christ, he became a youth pastor. He was helping out as a volunteer youth minister. You see, the great news is is that the Holy Spirit is in charge. He's the one that brings us to repentance. He's the one that brings us to belief. He's the one that brings us to follow him. If we just open our hearts and soften our hearts, for Jared, it took a while. And when he did come to know the Lord, it was powerful. It meant something. It was a big reminder to me that God is at work, even when we don't think he is. So what does this uh, matter to you and I? Perhaps we've been walking with Christ our whole lives, or maybe we're more like Jared, where we haven't really, we don't know what we believe. Well, here's the great news. When you all will soften your hearts, when you follow the Spirit's lead, he will bring freedom to your life. There's a great story of uh, Barabbas in the Bible. And uh, if you're not familiar with the story, when Jesus was to be crucified during the festival, they had a tradition that they would free a prisoner um, in place of, you know, someone else. And so the Romans wanted Jesus to be free because he was innocent. But the people said, no, let's free Barabbas. See, Barabbas had, uh, had committed murder. He was like a political, like, radical 
He was somebody who deserved to be in prison, but the people said free him. Can you imagine if Barabbas said, you know what? I don't really want to go. I like it in here. Jail is nice. I don't have to worry about anybody trying to kill me. I get a couple of meals a day. It's great in here. That would be crazy, right? Well, the same thing goes to each and every one of us. God has freed us from sin. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.17, it says, For Christ did not come to condemn the world but to save the world through him. So we're not condemned. We're saved. The gate is open. And yet some of us are like, no thanks. I want to stay in this prison of myself and live life on my own terms. But God, again and again with an exclamation point, says, salvation has come. Open the gift. And when you do this, you'll have the freedom to know God throughout your life. It's not just a one-time deal. The verse I wanted to read you earlier was in 1 John 4, chapter 19. And it says this, or 1 John, uh, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This relationship is continual. On God's end, he is 100% in. We can know God because we can continually come to him in repentance and say, we need, uh, say that we need his help. And when we do this, he'll renew us, he'll restore us. In Lamentations 3.23, it tells us of God's great uh, faithfulness, that his, uh, his forgiveness is new every morning. There are do-overs because God is 100% in. On his side, he's fully committed to you. So on this side of heaven, we have the freedom to know God. The other thing is we have the freedom to love. It says in 1 John 4, chapter 19, or verse 19, we love because he first loved us. You see, we can experience a new kind of love through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Walter Percy, who was a Christian writer, the late Walter Percy, wrote this for people who uh, refuse to uh, believe in God. He said, when you do this, you are stuck with yourselves your ghost selves, which will never become selves. You are stuck with each other, and you will never know how to love each other. Well, the great thing when we open the gift of salvation is we will know how to love each other because he sends us the Holy Spirit to help us to love even when it's impossible. Finally, he brings us the freedom to change. A great friend of mine once said that people don't change. He said that same kid you hated playing in the sandbox with, you're going to hate him when you get older. And I was like, boy, that's pretty pessimistic. And, um, well, there's probably a little bit of truth in that with our core personality. But what I found in my own life is that the Holy Spirit does change us. It talks about the fruits of the Spirit. How that when we uh, give our lives to Christ, when we open the gift of salvation, that love, joy, peace, patience become out of our, uh, that grow into all areas of our lives. That God uses these gifts to impact others. These fruits were meant to feed other people. We can change through the power of the Spirit. I've seen it in my own life, even when I've been a mess at times, that God continually works and builds these uh, and grows these fruit in me so I can give them to other people. You have the freedom to change when you open the gift of salvation. So for us as a church community, 
How can this message today, John the Baptist's message of repenting, of believing, of following Christ, how can that impact the outside community? Imagine that our collective lives are like a movie trailer. And when we open the gift of salvation, it's going to be a, an amazing movie trailer. It's like when you go to the movies and you see that and you say, I want to see that movie. That's amazing. It looks really good. When we do this, when we open the gift, when we allow the Spirit to work in our lives, people are going to look at us, us as a community, and say, tell me more. I want to know what it is that's different about you. It doesn't mean we're perfect. But we have a God that we can repent to that restores us every morning. We have a God that helps us to love when we're not very good at it. And we have a God that helps us to uh, change, even when it seems impossible at times. Don't miss out on this gift of salvation. We can be a powerful movie trailer for others so they want to see more and come to Christ, come to salvation. Thanksgiving, we went up to visit my parents in uh, northern Virginia, and the house hasn't changed a whole lot, the house I grew up in. I, uh, one night, we were, uh, there was two rooms I kind of lived in in high school. I, as I got older, I got to be in the bigger room. My sister, when she moved out, I got her room. Well, my, um, one night, Zelia, our baby, uh, jumped into bed with us. She was crying. It was a full-size bed I couldn't fit. So I went to the bunk bed with Isla in the other room. And I'm looking there, and there's still my same posters on the wall from, like, back in, like, early high school. And it was one of those surreal kind of moments. I had, like, a Washington Redskins pennant and all this other stuff. And, you know, I kind of saw this nostalgia. Was, I was thinking about old times. And, and then there was this bumper sticker that was on the bulletin board. And it, it was put there uh, by my mom. And I remember being a little bit embarrassed about it at the time. I was like, the people are going to think we're religious fanatics. But my church, the Church of the Apostles in Northern Virginia, during Christmas, they had everybody put these bumper stickers on their car. Ours only made it to my bulletin board for some reason. But it said this, this season, give yourself to Jesus. His love endures forever. And I thought about that message and how true it's been in my life. You see, I've been fickle at times. My love uh, wears out. But his love endures forever. He conquered sin on the cross. He rose again to put an exclamation that death would not have the final word. Open this gift of salvation today so that you can experience salvation on this side of heaven and salvation for eternity. Let us pray. Lord, I pray for the words that I spoke today would not confuse but they would bring everyone here to a better understanding of your love and commitment to each and every one of us. Help us to leave here different. Help us collectively to be that movie trailer where other people want to see more. Help us to personally to confess, to believe, to follow you. Help us to remember that you love us so much. Help us to be different. Help us to change. In Jesus' name, amen.